This is the Gopher Puck Live Podcast with Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. over folks not surprised but surprised but man did they suck last weekend well they sucked and I think you know Duluth is not such a bad team but oh boy well not... we got to give we give you credit though for having a final podcast oh week. shut up Jeez. hey well, no, we got fine. we got look how many listeners we have man people love to commiserate after the season's <laughs> over with. well we'll give them a chance to commiserate this week so Hey, even it sounds like Matt Barron is even listening live this week. Wow, we're, folks, we're going we're going old, old school. And, old school, yeah. And for those of you that don't know, Matt was uh, the man behind PrideOnIce.com. A we, proud, we, we, we still miss that site. A proud Hopkins man. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You and damn Hopkins guys. Well, Except he's a lot younger than you. Oh, not that much younger. I know. Well, guys, boy, that was ugly. They weren't even close to participating in that game pet last Friday night. Duluth had them, you know, I'd say after about six, seven minutes, the only time we had any pressure, Duluth got that one goal, and it was over. The boys gave up, and that was it. What do you think, Sammy? Uh, well, I mean, I kind of, I mean, I thought that it would be more competitive in that game. I certainly thought they could have you know, going into it, they, they could have won that game, but obviously they didn't show up and played nearly as well as we would have hoped. And uh, I don't know the effort after the first half of the first period, it just didn't seem to really be there. And I, you know, for whatever reasons, I, I don't want to make any excuses. They just didn't perform. So I, you know, what can you say? I think a lot of people are searching for excuses. I've heard, I mean, I can't even tell you how many different excuses I've read that I'm just like shaking my head at how ridiculous it is, but how about I that guess, they're just not that, as, that good this year? Well, that's the thing I was going to say is that people, it's like you just have to kind of look at, if you want to point fingers at anything, it's you got to look at the team. You have to, you know, you can't say it's the conference or it was the delay in the game. And they, <laughs> I, I saw somebody write something about like nutrition <laughs> or whatever. I'm like, dude, seriously. Oh, yeah. I, I, I saw that laugh too, man. That was I'm just... like, you got to be kidding me, dude. Come on. That was by far my favorite excuse. <laughs> was a 53-minute delay uh, yeah. cost in the game. Apparently, Duluth didn't have to deal with that delay. Or they have a better nutritionist or something. I they, don't know. They had bananas in the locker room. Yeah, whatever. Minnesota forgot theirs, obviously. <laughs> or maybe Minnesota went to the orange slices too soon. I don't know. Ooh, yeah. yeah, well, that always gives you that quick boost and just a big well, letdown after that. Whatever the case is, I mean, look – I think the thing that I said last week, I thought they could beat UMD, but I didn't think they were going to get by Boston University anyway. And I mean, I don't know about you guys, but for me, usually after the final game, you know, NCAAs, if they lose, I'm like feeling negative. I'm feeling pissed and whatever. But this year I didn't feel that. And I just think it's because I had been sort of expecting for the last two months or so that that was what's going to happen. So I kind of had worked out that disappointment out of my system by the time it actually happened. I'm like, okay, that's kind of what I thought. Let's just move on. What happened, Biggs? 
Well, I think what happened was exactly what happened in November. Uh, I think Duluth really gets their defensemen involved in the forecheck. And, you know, after that first six or seven minutes, they started to put a lot of pressure on Minnesota. And I think Minnesota, you know, didn't adjust. Uh, usually when a team gets that aggressive, you want to reverse out of the zone and, and use your centers. And, you know, if the D are pinching down on your wings, you almost want to start lower. You want to start, you know, five feet below the hash marks. And I didn't really see um, any adjustments. They, they tried to stretch the ice. Um, they tried to take guys on one-on-one and they just weren't able to do that. Look, just like the November game and, you know, Duluth is physical and they get involved and they just couldn't overcome it. Do you have your mute on again? Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I did. God, I knew that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just crying here. I'm, I'm so sad about the team losing. I didn't want to have it publicly on air. Right. Yeah. If you're listening live, though, and you want to send us a question, just use the hashtag GPL podcast on Twitter. We'll try to get to it. I've seen a lot of people are kind of bitter, you know, who are going to be the leaders next season. Are you guys excited about incoming players? Are there changes in the staff? I mean, people want to know what the hell is going on. And, you know, I don't really blame them. I mean, you know, they had the talent, but they just could not put it together as a team this year, guys. Well, I think that a lot of people, you know, I've, I know people were kind of pointing at the conference as being something. To me, that's BS because when but, you But, you know, people- I, I think there's, there's a point there because the conference sucked so much that it didn't prepare them at all for, late, for, the, for the postseason. But here's where I differ because you have teams like Union, you have teams like Yale. I mean, the ECAC is not exactly like the old WCHA was or whatever, and those teams are winning national titles, and it's not like – they're rolling against NCAA teams every single solitary week as far as tournament teams go. Um, I will agree that, you know, obviously nobody's going to disagree that it's a down year in a Big Ten, but we had the 16th toughest schedule, which isn't great, but it's not bad. And when you look at Boston University had the 18th toughest. They're in the Frozen Four. You have Providence in the Frozen Four. They had the 21st strongest strength of schedule. So, I mean, it's not like, those teams are using those kinds of excuses. So I, I just, I don't know. I just don't buy that kind of crap. And nobody was saying that stuff last year when you get to the final. And obviously and they, Wisconsin was terrible this year. So, I mean, that's going to have an effect on everybody as far as strength of schedule. And they'd already played Duluth four times. You know, they knew what was coming in this game. And the week before they'd played Michigan. So this this team knew what was coming. They just never adjusted. I don't, I don't think they, you know, tactically change their game at all they just tried to do what they've always been doing and it burned them well i don't know i mean i know you're a big gensel guy but i think the defense kind of stunk this year well i I don't know i mean everyone's so big on riley oh he's so great you know he might be great on offense but he stinks on defense and uh you know wilcox kind of bailed him out a little bit at the end of the season but man the defense just wasn't that good i don't think well, I think it's something where a coach can only do so much. Players have to execute. I don't care how many times you teach a guy to do something or to play a certain way if he's not going to go out there and do it. And, you know, with a guy like Riley, he's a high-risk, high-reward type of a guy. I mean, we all know that. Um, <laughs> that's just the way he plays the game. And I, I think uh, I will admit that, you know, defensively, I was a little disappointed in the fact that, you know, some of the freshmen weren't quite as present this year as I would have hoped, um, especially Glover and uh, 
Um, Steven Johnson weren't. So that's something that they're definitely going to have to work on in the offseason. And um, I, I would have liked to have seen more out of uh, Brady Shea. I know that a lot of people are sort of giving him compliments on GPL, but I thought he could have had a lot better year for a guy who's a first-round pick with that kind of size and speed. So I, I think that they all could have played better, certainly. Well, you know, you might have a good point on Genzel. That coach can only do so much. I mean, we'll get a little explicit here, but I was in the photo box this year in the second period. I want to say it was against the Michigan State, the game that they lost, only time they lost in the Big Ten this year at home. And uh, Genzel was like literally right next to me. And I could hear him clear as day talking to his defenseman. He goes, if you guys start fucking playing, I'll start fucking coaching. Well, that's Gensel, right? You I mean, that's Gensel. I mean, he was pissed. I mean, and that kind of points towards, you know, what you're saying. You know, if they don't listen and they don't start, you know, giving effort, he kind of throws his arms up and say, what the hell's going on here, guys? Give me some effort and I'll point you in the right direction. But if you're playing like shit, I mean, come on, give a fucking effort. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, when you look at the team this year, Goalie, I mean, Wilcox, he didn't have as great of a year no. uh, as what we've been accustomed to the last few years. So that plays a role. And certainly um, when guys make mistakes on defense, if your goalie isn't like standing on his head like he has in the past, then it's just going to be exacerbated. So I think that that's probably where some other things stand out a little bit more. Well, it sounds like Wilcox is gone. According to the Twitter sphere in the last hour, <laughs> Yeah, Kloos apparently uh, spilled the beans on that one. <laughs> I don't think anything official is out. I saw Russo and uh, Gonzalez had tweeted out that um, they thought you know something was pending. But uh, Kloos says the deal's done, which well, is kind of surprising. Yeah, I mean, in fact, here's what Kloos said just an hour. About, uh, no, it's almost two hours ago. But congrats to some lifelong friends on all signing deals. Brady Shea, Kyle Rowell, Travis Boyd, Seth Ambrose, and Coxie. I assume he's talking about Mr. Uh, Wilcox, so. Well, I mean, I don't think that, I don't think anybody's going to be shocked by no. the departures that we, I mean, we've been talking about, we were lucky to have some of these guys, well, I don't know if we were lucky, I mean, I, I guess we can debate that, but, um, you know, some of these guys you knew were for sure going to be gone, I mean, I, I, even though Riley hasn't signed, I think everybody would be stunned if he didn't go pro, you knew Shea was going to go, you know that Wilcox, he was four years after being drafted. He could have been a free agent. I don't know if that, to me, that's the route I would have taken if I were him, but I don't know what his options were. But um, So, I mean, none of these guys are going to stun anybody, and I don't know why anybody would be disappointed per se because you kind of have to be realistic. The only one that I would be kind of a little surprised about is if Fashing went pro. I don't think he's going to, but um, that would surprise me a little bit. Well, we'll just have to wait and see if anything official comes out. Obviously, nothing has yet. Uh Shea was uh, signed this morning, so he's definitely gone. And like you said, maybe maybe Kloosh just has a little information. Maybe he is going to do go the free agent route. We just don't I th- know. I think one of the things that Tampa Bay can do is they can sign him to a deal now, and he can burn a year playing in the AHL of his entry. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he tried to go the free agent route, he wouldn't be able to sign until July. Um, you, you see guys like Boyd and Rao, I think they sign those tryout deals. Yeah. So, so a year doesn't burn off this year on their entry-level deal. So I think well, that's something that Tampa Bay does have to offer Wilcox. I get that, but at the same time, when you're a goalie and you're 
you know, there's only so many goalie spots you can compete for, obviously, because of the just sheer numbers. Yeah. I think I would be more concerned about what's the depth chart on a particular organization. And Tampa Bay's got a pretty good depth chart, that goalie. So, you know, for me, I would probably be willing to bite the bullet and look for maybe the easier route to the show than. Well, also, you know, most college goalies are going to have to play a year or two in the AHL anyway before they, you know, get a shot at the NHL. So, you know, maybe he's looking at that. Could be. And, you know, he might be just looking at his options. You know, he had a down year this year, obviously, and maybe he puts the feelers out there that maybe the free agent way to go was not the smartest thing and he wouldn't have as many offers. So who knows? It's entirely possible. I'll be interested to see if Riley signs with Columbus and, you know, as opposed to doing the free agent route. I mean, um, I don't know what his relationship is with them. It sounds like it's pretty good, but nonetheless, you know, it's got to be pretty enticing to be able to pick your team. So two players gone. We could have a few more. You think definitely Riley, maybe uh, possibly fashing, but you're not hot on fashing. Uh, And on the flip side, uh, Lost another big recruit yesterday, Hammy. Yeah, Grant Mismash, he decided he's going to play at North Dakota. And, uh, you know, that was kind of always down between those two teams. And uh, in this particular situation, this came on top. And I tried to get people going yesterday, you know, with the facilities and stuff like that. Nobody bit too much. But I still think that uh, unless they start putting money in the facilities there and the program, you're going to keep losing some of these top guys. Yeah, but the, here's the thing. I mean, they've, they're going to lose top guys whether they have the greatest facilities yeah. in the world or if they don't. I mean, I think that that's – we've always – you know, people get upset about stuff, and I understand that. Nobody likes to lose recruits. But the reality of the matter is is that that's always going to be something that's going to happen. And it, yeah, I read some of his comments that he made to – I think it was Youth Hockey Hub last night after he had committed, and one of the big things for him was – you know, he attends school at Shattuck, and it's a small town at Faribault, and there's really no distractions, and apparently that, for him, fits his personality type. And uh, that's the way he felt about Grand Forks, that it's a small town, doesn't really have the distractions in his mind. And so that, I mean, you're not going to be able to change that if you're the University of Minnesota. We can't make Minneapolis a rinky-dink town overnight. I mean, that's just not going to happen. So if a kid's going to make decisions based on that, there's not really much you can blame the coaches or the program or whatever that they're not going to be able to change that part. So um, I think the people need to keep that kind of stuff in a perspective. Tim Hapke wants to know if you've seen any changes in the coaching staff in the off season. Hammy. Uh, uh, well, from what I've heard, they had meetings with the athletic director yesterday. That's the rumor that I've heard. And I'm pretty sure it's accurate. Um, I think that they were pretty much told that they need to assess the culture within the program and um, figure out a way to improve on that because this definitely was a year where there was a little more drama than I think usually has been. And I don't know if that means that they're going to be, you know, any adjustments in the coaching staff. I don't think that Lucia is going to be gone. I, I, you know, I don't know about the assistants, but I would highly doubt that Gensel would be. I don't know about any of them in that sense. Um, but I, I think that there's certainly going to be some adjustments in terms of how they approach things uh, because they pretty much were told that from what I'm, what I understand. I thought there was nothing wrong with the culture. They had a great season in, in the locker room. 
Well, I mean, you know, we all know that they're going to say that kind of crap <laughs> in the media. And now you don't, you can't blame them. I mean, that's sort of yeah. like coach speak or player speak. They're going to do that kind of stuff because that's going to, you know, you're not going to want to exacerbate things. So I don't blame them. But I think that it's always funny when fans act as if somehow, if it's not written in the paper, it can't possibly be true. It's like, <laughs> well, Lucia kind of played that off, and you were there over a couple of weeks ago, Viggs, weren't you? When, you know, Gonzalez from the Star Tribune asked about it, he's like, well, weren't you the one writing about it? Yeah, Lucia's never really admitted to it, but of course, you know, there's been a lot of smoke all season. And uh, and where there's smoke, there's usually fire, guys. Yeah, tough, tough group this year. Well, well I, you know, I think for me, it's like I, you just kind of wonder if you, there's a lesson that you learn is that they had ample amounts of talent this year. And, and I know that the fans every year, we always look at who's returning and, oh, well, they're going to have as much talent this year as last year or whatever. And I think if there's any lesson that people can pull away from a year like this is, is that you, know, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you're not pulling in the same direction and you don't have that team chemistry and uh, if you don't necessarily have the right guys in leadership positions, not that all of them are to blame. I'm not saying Ryle is a bad leader, but um, you know sometimes you kind of need certain guys that are going to be more – vocal and i don't think Rao's necessarily the vocal type so i just think it just goes to show you how much chemistry and some of those intangibles mean don't say anything bad about Rao. you'll get in trouble yeah yeah <laughs> oh boy i don't know dude i let well let's go on to the rest of the tournament obviously minnesota loses friday four to one in what was you know just awful they sucked I'm sorry, but Duluth was just a better team this year, too. But it would have been nice if the boys would have put up some effort. On the other side, you had Boston University beating, uh, oh, who was it, uh, Yale in overtime. And then they take out uh, Duluth in the Saturday game. You guys, any thoughts on that? Kind of what you expected or not? Well, I picked BU, so it's kind of what <laughs> I expected. I didn't think that either the Gophers or UMD was going to get by uh, – BU. I just think that BU is kind of having that kind of a year where I know that was a tight game and that they won it late, so it was a pretty competitive um, contest, but I'm not surprised by the outcome. What did you think, Viggs? Were you surprised at all? You know, one thing about the Northeast that I was really surprised about was the officiating. Uh, just a lack of penalties called, and I think that hurt uh, Minnesota in the, in the first round. I think that hurt Duluth a little bit in the in the rematch because – Usually in these northeast east regionals, you see a lot of special teams play. Yes, and that was kind of surprising that they let as much go as they did. And I was surprised with BU um, how their depth kind of came through. I, you know, Eichel is a is a dynamic talent, but he didn't really stand out to me as a, you know, a player like Bugstad last year. You know, it's just dominating possession and play and generating scoring chances. Um, so that kind of surprised me that they got through and. You know, I'd I'd be a little surprised to see BU get through to the final. And, and to your point on the on the the officiating, um, Duluth was not happy at all. To the point where they kind of went after the, the was it somebody went after the referees or somebody from their staff went after the referees and it had to be pulled away after the game. Yeah, well, there's that um, goal that didn't get called because they couldn't definitively see the puck over the red line. You know, and that's a game-changing call right there at the end of the game. So, and then they have a penalty called on Duluth towards the end. You know, that, that's just killer. So, kind of a unusual uh, officiating for an East region. Plus, it's an Eastern conspiracy. <laughs> 
I've always found that you know I, you're kind of right that you know there's usually a, quite a few more penalties called, and I think Duluth was just bitter that uh, Boston had no penalties on him. Well, it's just surprising, you know, again yeah. that that's physical and, and that much contact, and then then to see it end the way it did, you know, that's kind of confusing. And then a few GPL favorites, uh, Michigan Tech. Ah, boy, they had some bad breaks against St. Cloud in that first game of the Western Regional. I mean, you've got the lead. You miss a couple open nets. Goalie does something a little stupid, can't quite get the puck, and funny, it's tied. And then right after that in overtime, defenseman falls down, and their season's over. Viggs? Any thoughts on Tech? I thought they kind of had just things couldn't come together for them. Yeah, just kind of a, you know, not their their best game. I, I didn't catch a ton of that game, but, um, you know, you get in these one-game elimination tournaments, and if it doesn't click for you, you know, it's all going to fall apart. Um, and I was, you know, happy to see it one Minnesota team sort of get going, but, uh, you know, you only, you only get one shot in these things to play a good game. And then, of course, Duluth takes out St. Cloud uh, the next night, and uh, our favorite team from the from North Dakota is in the Frozen Four again, Hammy. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't, like we kind of talked about in the podcast last week, the the heart was saying, you know, yeah, I want Tech to win it, but the head was saying, I yep. think North Dakota is going to come out of the region, so it's not really a shocker. I, I think uh, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that that BU uh, North Dakota contest. Uh, when that frozen four hits because i think that'll be a good game and um you know it'll be in boston so i think it's going to be a tough row for uh for und to get through so we'll see and on the other side we had a bunch of upsets starting with that midwest where rit became the first number 16 seed to beat an overall number one since they went to that format no people holy cross was a 15 and a 2, just to keep it straight. And then your favorite team, Hammy, Omaha, actually won some games. Yeah, that was kind of <laughs> a shock. I, what I want to know is have Michigan Tech fans gone out and bought RIT uniforms to wear or shirts to wear? Because <laughs> <Yankees. laughs> That's only idiot Sioux fans who did that. Yeah, well, any, you know, I, I think if anything, at least uh, the worst upset in college hockey history is no longer – associated with the Gophers, so um, we got that going for us. Don't tell Patrick nice. Royce that. Which is nice. So, uh, <laughs> But, you know, um, that I mean, I you know, I think what we saw, Mankato learned the hard way what it's like. I said this on Twitter, you know, what it's like to be the hunted rather than the hunter, you know what I mean? When you have the bullseye on your back like the Gophers typically do every year, it's a lot harder because you're going to get the other team's best efforts week in and week out, and... Uh, Mankato hasn't really had to live with that kind of uh, burden, and now they did, and they see that it's not quite so easy. So I'm not, you know, it's shocking that they lost in a sense, but um, they don't really have that kind of experience of being that number one guy. So maybe in some some ways, it's not exactly a huge shock. Did Did you guys catch most of that game, Minnesota State I, RIT? Yeah, I caught some of it. I caught. I was. I watched the second and third period. I want to say. Yeah, because I I caught most of the third and. You know, if you're the number one seed and you only score one goal, it's on the power play. You have five total chances, you know, and it comes down to a goal where, you know, Palmquist gets shoved into your goal and, you know, goes in. You know, I don't think you have a, 
two legs to stand on saying that you got robbed. Yeah, I agree. And what do you guys think about that play though? I, you know what? I know that everybody's got these mixed feelings on it. I actually don't, I think it was the right call to, to allow the goal personally, because while I, I guess the way I look at it is he didn't really like shove him per se. They, he has every right to that spot on the ice to skate there as the defensive guy does. And if you're not extending your arms and actually shoving a guy out of the way, if you guys run into each other and he happens to bump into his goalie, I don't think that you can penalize the offensive team in that regard. I mean, he has every right to that role, that spot as the other guy. And um, I just don't think that that's, uh, I think it was the right call personally. What did you think about that, Viggs? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Hammy on this. It's not like they were both standing in the crease and mm-hmm. he just turns and shoves him on the goalie. You know, he's trying to drive the net, and you see that every game where a team's giving good effort. You know, one of the easiest ways to score goals is center drive, pound the net, and look for rebounds. And, uh, you know, that's what he's trying to do. I was, I was a little surprised Palmquist got put into his goalie as easy as he did, um, and I thought it was the right call too. I'm, I'm with you two guys. I, I think it was the right call, and it's obviously it's a tough break for the goalie because it's kind of out of his hands. You know, some guy just comes and runs into him. It's the only guy, but uh, that's how the breaks are sometimes. I mean, that's just – it sucks. Yeah. You just have to deal with it. Score yeah, more goals. You're playing against a scrappy team. You're going to get a lot of traffic in your net. You've yeah. got to expect that. But, well, Omaha, think- but Omaha finally came together, Hammy. What, what happened? I mean, they're a young team, so – uh, they could be a, a threat, you know, next year too. But uh, boy, get their first win, and then they beat REC, and they're in the Frozen Four. Well, I give them credit. I mean, but they didn't exactly. Have, I mean, we talked about it last week. That was the easiest bracket to get yeah. through. You know what I mean? And uh, don't um, don't tell Mankato that. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just saying when you look at the four teams that were there. I mean, that was to me the easiest bracket, and. Uh, um, you know, Mankato's got a good year, but even them, you, you, I don't know. I just didn't feel like 100% confident in those guys. We're gonna, just going to run through everybody. So, um, yeah, I mean, to give them credit, you have to. You can't take it away from them. And certainly, you know, if I, I don't really have – I mean, other than North Dakota, I really don't give a rat's ass who wins the Frozen Four now. I mean, obviously I don't want North Dakota to win because I hate those assholes. But, I mean <laughs> you – know. But how good would it be? If Omaha does get to the final and beats North Dakota, well, I would. How mean, bitter yeah. would those fans be that their ex coach prevented them from getting a ton, another title? Yeah, well, I mean, here's the thing: I I don't have a problem. I mean, you know, Gensel's son is on UNO, yeah. and you know, they've some Minnesota kids, Avery Peterson. I mean, you know, so I wouldn't have a big, huge beef if if UNO. I don't really. I mean, it's not like we have this big hatred for UNO. I mean, <laughs> not whatever. At all. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like whatever. If they win, cool, fine, I don't give a damn. But, uh, you know, I don't. so I don't really care who wins other than North Dakota. I mean, if they win it, I'd be like, yeah, that blows. But if anybody else wins it, I'd be like, okay, you know, congratulations. Let's get to next season. <laughs> well, you know, obviously we're, we're all rooting for North Dakota to lose because we hate – I don't know if we hate the team. But I think we just hate their asshole fans mostly. And we want them to suffer. But – I, I think nothing would hurt them more than losing to to uh, Dean Blaze. It would just be that entertaining for me. Personally, I want them to lose against Boston University, but if it happens to go together that way, I think I'd feel pretty good. And we'll have to see. <clears throat> yeah, we we will. One more bracket to go. Providence playing pretty much on their home ice, 
takes out Miami and then takes out Denver to make it to the Frozen Four, whereas Denver takes out Boston College. In that first game, Providence gets a, <laughs> what did they score, six or seven straight goals or whatever it was. Miami pulls their goalie halfway through the period, would you say, Viggs? Yeah, there's over <laughs> 10 minutes. And they got, they, in fact, there was a chance there at the very end where the puck was loose in front of the net, they could have buried it, and then, you know, obviously a couple seconds later, yeah, uh, Providence gets an empty net goal, but that was a crazy game. Yeah, I'm always a big proponent of the coaches pulling <laughs> their goalie just to see what happens, and uh, they, they got a couple goals. Uh, I, I think it was really unfortunate for Miami to have to go to Providence for that game. I think of all the, the seeds and where they got placed, I think that was the most confusing for me. They got um, jobbed. I mean, they, yeah. Not, I mean, that's not that I'm, be brutal. I'm not a Miami guy either, but it's like you know what? They got jobbed on that one. There's no doubt about it. I mean, could you imagine the whining that would happen if Minnesota was a four seed and you know they had to play someone like Duluth or St. Cloud or North Dakota at you know basically Mariucci? Yeah. I mean, it just wouldn't happen. Well, and I think you know. Some of it, too, is Miami. I mean, they had, what, one of their best players hurt. Another guy was kicked out or suspended for the one game. Um, So they had, like, just like this perfect storm of crap hit them for the NCAAs. And in a a way, you kind of got to feel bad for them because they had a pretty good year. And and, uh, to have it end that way would kind of suck. Well, you know, some people were complaining about Coleman, you know, being, you know, suspended and and all that. I have no sympathy for that guy. You've got two misconducts already. You need to use your head and not put yourself in that position to not be playing. I mean, he he was the reason where they were, you know, as as one of the number one seeds, and you know, and of of the four. I mean, he scored all three goals in that championship game for the for the Nacho t- Championship. So, boy, I mean, what are you doing? Their conference didn't prepare them. <laughs> It's that misconduct thing is tough though. It's kind of like red cards in a tournament. Yeah, you know, you know for, I, I agree for, with you there. But for World he, Cup, you know, it resets when they go into the knockout stages. It's kind of unfortunate for him that it carried over. But, but you got to be smarter. Well, I mean, he, he, game, you know it? what the rules are. You know Three you've misconduct? got you know you've got two of them already. Use your freaking head. Yeah. I just. Eh. I, I have no sympathy for that. Well, how many? How many? I mean, I don't know the answer to this, but how many people got suspended this year for that rule, where you get three misconducts? Yeah, I, I don't know. Do you guys know of any other ones? I don't know. I I don't know of any. It's like, how hard is it to not get three? I mean, you know, it's like unless you're out there head hunting every week, you shouldn't have that problem. Well, speaking of well, head hunting, <laughs> are we getting the La Legia head here? The La Legia. What the hell was he doing? It's a fast game, you know. It's, he's not thinking about you know hitting him in the head at that point. He's thinking about cleaning him up because he's got his head down coming across the ice. Well, it may have cost him the game. It it might have, but it you know it's a split. It's a fast game. It's hard. It's hard to adjust when somebody does that to you. I, you know. I'm not saying it's not a penalty, but when you're coming across the ice to clean somebody's clock and their head is you know below your chest. You know, it's hard not to hit him in the head there. Yeah, well, he he he, he probably he might have cost his team a trip to the Frozen Four. So, uh, I mean, I I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Providence plays on home ice. They haven't been to the Frozen Four since 1985. So, 
I think that's one of the good things, you know, to get some new blood in there. But, boy, playing on home ice, boy, just like Minnesota does every other year, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, at least North Dakota got through there so we don't have to hear about them whining every year about how they don't get home ice in certain mm-hmm. situations. Well, maybe if they didn't have like 10,000 logos in their arena that they don't have to get rid of, it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> so Omaha, Providence, Boston University, and North Dakota. And I pretty much believe that all of us are like any of the three besides North Dakota. Right? I think, I think that's a fair statement. I'm I mean, with you on that. And North Dakota's going to have a tough route because they, they, they'll play the toughest teams. And what are the chances <laughs> that, you know, Omaha or Providence does win? I mean, the North Dakota and Boston University, they, I mean, you know, it was kind of like last year. Everyone's like, oh, Minnesota, if they get to the championship game, you know, they're playing Union. Nothing to worry about. Well, you know what? It's this time of year. You never know what can happen. Well, when it's the one-and-done scenario, yeah. I mean, you know, all it takes is that one game with a hot goalie or one bad penalty at the wrong time or a bad puck bounce or whatever it is or .1 seconds left on the clock, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> Point uh, six. You know, or <coughs> point point six, six, yeah. I'm sorry, point six. But nonetheless, uh, if you, you can have those kinds of things happen, next thing you know, season's over. So, um, you know, it's pretty tough. Well, what do you think, Hammy? Can Omaha pull it off? I mean, their goalie obviously kind of won a few games for them. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, I, you know what? I mean, I think it's kind of like I said last week that uh, – you know, I I would I wouldn't mind seeing Omaha win because of the Minnesota kids on the team and whatever. I yep. probably am going to be leaning towards BU winning it all for the simple fact that they got a great player that everybody's talked about all year, and it's in Boston, and it seems like you know they had some clutch victories, you know, especially against Duluth. And I, you know, there's sometimes where you almost feel like the team has like this karma, like it's you know just supposed to happen that way, and. Um, I kind of have the feeling that uh, BU might have that going for them this year. Viggs, you know, every time I've seen Mr. Jack Eichel play, I have not been impressed. You know, obviously I haven't been seeing him in these games where he's putting up all these points. But in the World Juniors, he tried to do too much. In the Yale and the Duluth games, I I didn't really notice him that much. Yeah, it's kind of surprising. The only games I've seen him play where he's been, you know, a factor was the qualification games in the World Junior. You know, when he was playing against, you know, not such great competition and he, you know, could get away with a lot of one-on-one play or one-on-two or one-on-three, whatever he skates himself into. Um, So I think that was surprising to me. Um, But uh, their goalie played really well and um, their depth came through for them. Uh, I think it's a huge advantage for them to be in their their hometown for the the tournament. And at the same time, it is a one-game deal and being – Minnesota followers that we are, we've, we've seen very talented teams lose to less talented teams because of a couple plays here and there. I would agree. I would agree. Do you think they're going to take it then? you think they can take out North Dakota? Um, I think they can. I think that's going to be a great game to watch, though. It, it could go either way. I think North Dakota looked really impressive in their regional in Fargo. I, I think they do play a very tough game, um, and – you know, if they get officiating like it was in the Northeast Regional, I think that helps North Dakota because they'll be able to, you know, take a few more liberties and play that physical game because because they they play a hard game to play against. Well, we'll just have to see. Like I said, I 
I don't care if, if the other three, which of the other three teams. I don't care if Boston University gets their sixth title or whatever. Just not North Dakota. And I believe that uh, everybody but North Dakota fans want that because they hate those people. They're idiots. <laughs> well, their fans are, I should say. And their coach is kind of an ass, too. But that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I am intrigued, though, to see Genzel and Randolph on the big stage again. I was, I was really impressed with their play. Um, in the in the regional play, um, those two players looked really good out on the ice, and it looked like they got a lot of ice time too. All right, boys, <clears throat> the season's over. We got players signing. What's the hope for next year, Hammy? Well, I mean, it's we're kind of <laughs> kind of wait and see right now, but well, I mean, you're kind of going back to what we were looking at, you know, last season, you know, where yeah. you're kind of going to have a lot of young guys coming in and. You do have some veterans that are returning, and it's a matter of you know what do those young guys do when they step into some of their some of the key roles. And um, I think that you know there's certainly going to be a, you know question marks. I mean, we got to figure out the goaltending situation. I think that Shearhorn is uh, you know I think he was a great late pickup. I mean, the kid's doing really good in the USHL this year. Uh, he leads the league in saves and in save percentage and. Um, he's second in wins. I mean, he's had a great year. And so I would expect him to come in and um, really compete for that number one spot. He'll um, take it. He'll take it right away. Well, maybe. I mean, I don't know what Lear's going to do. I mean, I, I would feel confident, more confident in Shearhorn at this point, but we'll see what happens when the offseason hits and how they work. Well, what about the rest of these guys that are pretty much slated to come in already? We've got uh, Brent Gates, was it Mitch Holtz, Tom Novak, Jack Ramsey, Darian Romanko. Is that how you say his name? I think it's like a yeah, Ramon, I think I don't know. I I've heard it uh, like kind of a soft Romanco. H in the middle, okay. yeah, something like that. But and then we get Shearhorn coming in and uh, Mr. Tyler Sheehy as well. That's who we have slated so far. And you think if more, we have more losses, who else could be coming in, Hammy? Well, I mean, they have guys that they you know they can uh, have some flexibility, like uh, Ryan Norman and things like. But I mean, I think what the guys that you named are pretty much. Um, what we would expect. I think that the defensive situation will has to shake out yet because I know that they've tried to get uh, Zulsdorf uh, to accelerate. I don't know where that what the status of that is, if that's going to happen or not. Uh, Sadik's got a possibility of coming in. So, what about uh, Sealer? I hear, yeah, he, a lot of people have been talking about the Sealer guy. He's the UNO transfer who had to sit out this year, but I really know nothing about him. Ah, he's a physical kid. He's a big kid. He's got a plays with an edge. I think that he'll be a good defenseman for us next year. I actually think that he'll be one of the better guys on the team, you know, as far as a defensive standpoint goes. Uh, so I think that that that'll be a nice addition in that sense. And hopefully, he'll you know, after taking a year off, he'll have his head on, be very motivated to uh, play well. Do the Gophers try to uh, push Logan Halliday in a different direction? <laughs> good question. <laughs> I mean, he certainly did not have a very good year, and I, you know, I would not be at all surprised if he doesn't end up here. I mean, and and he's the Boston. reason why they went after Shearhorn, isn't it? Uh, it his, pretty much. His I play mean, they, just went in the tank. Yeah, they needed somebody badly, and I, and uh, you know, I think that they had to rally. I think Gensel kind of took over the, the uh, kind of the focus of the trying to fill that spot, and that he's the one I think came up with Shearhorn, and so hopefully that's going to work out real well for them. I think that was a really good pickup late. Vigo, do you think anyone else uh, leaves besides Wilcox and Shea? You think Riley's definitely gone? 
I think Riley's definitely gone. It'll be interesting to see if he does go the free agent route to pick his spot or if he sees Wilcox get this deal that might, you know, burn a year off of his contract and, and try to pursue that with Columbus. I think if he doesn't sign anything in the next couple of weeks, it's it's kind of a clear look that he's going to go be a free agent. Um, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what's going to happen with this group and, and who ends up playing center uh, because they are losing Rao, Boyd, and Isaacson down the middle. And I think that was a big weakness for this team all season. They had a lot of guys who are not your prototypical centers who can help out and win battles in the defensive zone and then get going to get in the offensive zone. Um, so I think that's going to be a big thing to look for in the offseason. I don't know uh, if any of these recruits, you know, there are some guys with some good size, but if they can, you know, skate up the middle, that'll that'll be a big key for them. And, well, uh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say I saw Sealer in practice um, this year, and he looks every bit quick enough to to play D and and give them an edge offensively and defensively. He he looked real solid out there and probably be playing over some of the younger guys right now. Who are going to be the leaders? Uh, well, let me touch on one thing. As far as centers go, I mean, Novak is a center. Gates can play center or wing. Uh, this Romanco, from what I understand, is a, you know, he can play center. He plays center. And so they'll have some of these young guys coming in um, that have the ability to give them some flexibility as far as that role goes. I know that it's a little tougher role for a new guy, but at least they have some of that experience. Um, and a lot of these guys that we have coming in, it's not like they're true freshmen. I mean, really, Novak is the only one that's high school age. The rest of them you know, are older as far as recruits go. So it's not, uh, it's not one of those years where you're bringing a bunch of fresh-faced kids in that haven't played much junior hockey. They, a lot of these guys have played a lot of junior hockey, so that's a good thing. As far as leaders go, you know what? I said it on GPL. I feel like that should be really earned over the course of the summer and dry land training and all that kind of stuff. And I know that some guys probably might gravitate a little bit more to that role. Um, but I, I just really believe that in terms of earning a letter, that's something that they have to do through their efforts, you know, over the course of the next six months or so. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, I, I'm bringing up the roster here just to see who's, who's back next year. And, Oh boy, I don't know. I well, just... I mean, you know, there are some good guys with good character. I mean, obviously, Fashing, you know, he's a good character kid. He gives a lot of effort. I mean, I'd like to see his production improve, but that doesn't mean that you're not a leader if, just because you're not producing to the high heavens. But um, Clues has always been a kid that's a high character kid. Um, you know, so I mean, it's not like they don't have some of those options there. Um, Connor Riley. Well, he's certainly faced a lot of adversity. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, you got boy, Riley Sealers. I I don't know if Sealers a leader, and I didn't play the year off. Shea's gone. Wilcox gone. I'm just looking at junior leadership here. <laughs> Could be Bischoff. I mean, he. Had I, man, I'd have to pick somebody younger. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I mean, he's going to be a junior, so I mean, it's not like he's going to be. Yeah fresh face but i mean you know yeah i mean i just think that that like we said there's a lot of question marks that are going to be kind of have to be sorted out in the next six months and and, you know for me it's almost those kinds of seasons are almost more fun in a sense because you know we're not going in the season being the number one ranked team a lot of people are probably going to discount these guys Um, there's obviously talent still there and they have talent coming in but it's not going to be 
you know, where you look at the returning scoring and you have guys like 40 and 50 point guys returning and whatever, you know, they're going to have to prove a little bit more. And sometimes those seasons, as we saw a year ago, can be even more fun than some of the teams that you really expect to do well. All right, guys. Uh, Viggs, any final thoughts on the season? Besides, no, just, besides disappointment? <laughs> it is just kind of a disappointing season. You know, they had a lot of pieces in place this year, and it's it's proof again that, uh, you know, what you did last year doesn't matter when the next year starts. And every team is unique, and every team's different. And, uh, you know, I think the program is in decent shape. They've got tons of talent committed. I don't think recruiting is, is an issue with this program. I think that's one of the strengths of Patolny. You know, he might have needed Genzel's help to get a goalie, but you look at all these other kids that are coming in, there's a lot of talent. And if they miss a guy like Mishmash from Shattuck, you know, they've got enough guys in where that probably doesn't matter that much. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the offseason and, and what's different next year for an attitude. Uh, you hear the gopher way a lot when Lucia talks about Kyle Rao. Well, he's gone now, so they need somebody to fill that role. Why? Just looking at this roster, and you know, I hope some of those sophomores step up. You know, Clues is okay this year, but you got a fashing and Camarada. We kind of wanted them to jump up and do something, and nothing happened. Well, I just hope that the the team plays a more cohesive game next year. Yep. I think that's one of the things that burned them is you know too many guys trying to do things on their own. So maybe now you know you got a pretty different group next year you know maybe they'll move the puck a little bit quicker be better supporting the puck you know and that could change the way they play it could look a lot faster next year hammy any final thoughts on the season besides that uh, it sucked <laughs> well i mean i think there's a few things i'd say i think first of all um I, I forgot to mention this earlier brent gates has been out with a you know broken fibula and from what i've been told tonight that he's recovery is going well he should be hundred percent by summer, so he he'll he'll be good to go um, next fall. The uh, as far as the team itself, I think one of the things that you when you look at the recruits coming in, a lot of people were whining this year about not being as physical and not having as much size and the whole small forward thing. And you look at all these recruits, pretty much all of them, with the exception of Sheehy, at least as far as the forwards, they're all six one, six two you know, six, three types of guys. Uh, so we're bringing in some size, um, certainly some experience. Um, so these guys, I don't think will be quite as intimidated by the, uh, as, as far as being a freshman goes. So I would hope that some of these guys will step into roles and contribute right away. Um, this year, I just think we, you know, I, like I said earlier, it's, you know, it's a chemistry thing. I think that, uh, we just didn't have the intangibles. I don't know if some of it is guys just sort of being distracted, you know, by pro futures on the horizon and maybe not playing as well. There's just a lot of different things that went on, and it's just one of those unfortunate things, and hopefully they get it. Uh, the one thing you want to see from your coaches is if you didn't have as good of a year, what was the problems? What can you do to address it so it doesn't happen again? And hopefully that's what they're doing. All right, boys. Well, that's going to do it. Another year in the books. Another year in the books. Six months off now, guys. Until uh, another GPL podcast. Yeah. I know people are waiting. Stay out of trouble, kids. Stay out of trouble, <laughs> all you players. Stay out of trouble. <laughs> don't no, get any, no DWIs I, on your scooters. None of that crap. Just don't, don't get busted for peeing in the public. Uh, <laughs> make, make sure you use the restroom before you leave the bar. <laughs> right. You know, just Walk home. 
We don't need any problems. Stay, stay be good. <laughs> well, that is going to do it. Uh, off season is here for the, for us Gopher fans. We just have to deal with it. It sucks, but that's just the way it goes. Follow Hammy on Twitter at Hammy Hockey. That's if he lets you. And right. and <laughs> E Vigo. And uh, they'll keep you entertained in the off season. I'm just gonna. I'm just bitter. I've had a bad week and flat tire. Freaking machine took my quarter yesterday. I've been bitter, so that's just the way it goes. That's what I'll do. I'm just gonna waste, do stupid tweets for the rest for six months, and it'll be great. Thanks to everybody that listens to the podcast or downloads it. And, uh, you know, it's it's pretty much appreciated. It's pretty consistent, and you know, we had record number of listeners listening live last week, and. Looks like it's been pretty strong this week as well. So uh, we do appreciate the listeners. We'll be back, though, in about six months or late September, early October. We're on Media Day or however the schedule works out. Uh, We'll be back. Until then, uh, God, I hope the Sioux lose.